Wad Radio. Every weekday from noon to 3 on Sports Radio 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for the Virginia Tech Hokies. All Hokies games can be heard all season long right here on 910 The Fan. And it's time to go around the ACC. And joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline is Wes Durham. What's going on, Wes? Adam, how you been, man? I'm doing pretty good, and uh, I'm excited for the start of the college football season, and I know ACC Network has announced Saturday primetime game schedule for the first three weeks, and it begins with Old Dominion at Virginia Tech. Wes, what did you make of that game last season when the Hokies lost <laughs> to the Monarchs? Yeah, no, the second time in, what, three the last three tries, right? right yeah. ODU's been able to win the game, so... No, we're excited to be in Blacksburg next Saturday night and looking forward to the game. And I think it's interesting. I think the Ollie Jennings story in particular is very interesting. But, um, you know, the relationship with Ricky Ronnie and, and Brent Pry has been documented, obviously, in your area and things of that nature. But I think that the way you look at it with, with Virginia Tech, there's so many different things to look at from a you know perspective standpoint. Uh, you can look at the number of games last year that, they were close but couldn't close in. Uh, you know, where are the areas of strength? You look in their secondary. You like what you see there. So we got a lot on our plate to get into next Saturday night in addition to the game. But the bigger picture for Virginia Tech, I think there's a, a lot of intrigue about where the Hokies are going to find themselves in this ACC. What do you make of Coach Pry announcing that Grant Wells is the starter, but they will scheme <laughs> up ways to get Chiron Drones onto the field every week? You know, Adam, I'm, I'm color me not surprised. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I'm just one of those guys that believes that when you do that, I'm not one of these dudes that also believes if you play two, it doesn't mean you have one. I'm just the guy that says, you know what? If you see a value in playing both guys, you play both guys. Um, as you know, I did Georgia Tech for a long time on radio, and I remember one night Georgia Leary played three quarterbacks. <laughs> so I believe anything can happen in today's college football offensively and if the Hokies feel like that Kyron Drones gives them a real shot and there's some positivity there, then I'm not surprised we're going to see him next Saturday. And I think we might see him early. You might see him in a red zone. You might see him in another scenario. But bottom line is he's a talented kid, and you got to see him on the field at some point. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, it's an extra thing for defenses to have to scheme up to try to contain his speed. It's Wes Durham with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, and you'll be calling ACC Network primetime games paired with Tim Hasselback and Taylor Tannenbaum. How excited are you for that awesome booth? Well, it'll be a great fun. Uh, did a couple games last year with Tim, which was a, a nice peek into what the primetime show is, and uh, certainly with Taylor coming down to join us on sidelines from PM, that helps. And, uh, yeah, we're really excited. And what a terrific environment to get started in, you know, next Saturday night, obviously, in Blacksburg. Yeah, let me ask you just a, a random question. When you go to Blacksburg, what are a few things that you try to do either before or after the game? <laughs> well, after the game, it's typically catch a plane. Yeah. Um, the, uh, because of what I'm trying to do on Sundays, although obviously I won't have a game next Sunday, so – we can hang around a little bit afterwards. I, I enjoy, because my first job out of college, Adam, was at Radford. Yeah. Um, I always like, you know, going back to, you know, places just to check in, things like that. Robert Lindeberg, the athletics director at Radford, is a longtime friend. And 
So I always try and visit there. But at the same time, too, Bill Roth, who's back doing the games now in football, you know, he and I have known each other since the late 80s when he started at Virginia Tech and I was at Radford. So it's always great to see BR and Burnup and those guys. I just enjoy the environment in Blacksburg. When I was at Radford those three years, I was able to see a game or two at Lane Stadium in the and kind of like the formative years of Frank Beamer and just really respected kind of how they were going about their business. And then I worked with Dave Brain and Jeff Bourne, who's the AD at James Madison. They came to Atlanta in the late 90s as, uh, when Dave became the AD at Georgia Tech. And so there's some ties in that area that are really important to me. And um, and I enjoy always going back there. I, you know, football, basketball, either one, it's, it's always a great time to go to Southwest Virginia. I love to hear that. And we love Bill Roth. He joins us every Wednesday at 1.30 for the Cowan Gates Hokies update. And, you know, me and you spoke at ACC kickoff, talked a little bit right. about Clemson. What's the latest on their quarterback, Cade Klubnick? How's he looked in practice leading up to the start of the season? Yeah, I was doing SiriusXM's ACC uh, today this morning with Eric McClain, and all the reports are good on Klubnik. Now, I think, you know, we're going to find out more as it unfolds in the first couple of weeks, but, you know, Kate Klubnik now is uh, is a different kid than he was a year ago. There's a lot more presence about him. Uh, I think Clemson offensively with Garrett Riley there, I, I think we're in for some real stuff with Clemson now. If, if Klubnik and Riley mesh as well as been reported, I think it's going to be really interesting to watch the Tigers because defensively we already know they've got players, right? I mean, they got two of the best linebackers in the country, uh, one of the top freshman defensive linemen. So if, if everybody didn't get their chance last year, I'm not sure you're going to get much of a chance this year um, if, if those guys can, can take it at full potential. I, the, the real question for me is, is kind of what's the in-season stuff that Clemson has to deal with, injuries, things of that nature, you know, how do matchups work for them when they get to the big game? And we're all pointing to late September in Florida State's visit, and I think that's fine, Adam. But Clemson's got to be one of those steadily improving football teams during the year to be in the national picture. And I I think for some reason Dabo kind of likes being in this position a little bit where Florida State's ranked ahead of them to start and that kind of thing. And it, I think you're going to see Clemson kind of emerge as the season goes. And the Labor Day night game at Duke, will be really interesting because the Blue Devils are kind of resetting things defensively a little bit. Offensively, we know how good Riley Leonard is. But Clemson on Labor Day night could make a real statement nationally. And Duke is not the Duke team of, you know, a decade ago, right? Right. Uh, Maybe 12, 15 years ago. This is a program that won nine games last year, that David Cutcliffe did a remarkable job in his decade of work and change setting a kind of a temperament for and I think it's going to be really interesting to watch and see how Clemson takes that ball game. Uh, what now? What a week from uh, what? To a week from Monday night? How they take that game and uh, and kind of set their bar for the season too. It's West Durham with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. He'll be calling ACC Network primetime games, beginning with Old Dominion at Virginia Tech and then Southern Miss at Florida State. The question is, will Florida State be undefeated by the time you call that game, Wes? Yeah, that's um, a little quick programming note, Adam. That's going to be a game where we're in Chapel Hill. There's a quadruple header on ACC Network that day. And Tim and I are going to be in Chapel Hill that day for Carolina-Appalachian State. Uh, there'll be another crew working the uh, working the Florida State-Southern Miss game. I like Florida State. I'm just not sure that when they see Clemson, uh, where they're going to be. The, the LSU game, to me, is – really important nationally 
although it's almost irrelevant in the ACC, if that makes sense, right? Because yeah. of the way the schedule and the division players now is gone in the ACC. But I think it'll be fun to watch and see just how Florida State fires out of the gate against LSU. And what? now given all the other stuff, Adam, off the field, that feels like a really big game for Florida State, doesn't yeah. it? I yeah. mean, bigger than what we were making it out to be. Now that they've got this you know, disenchantment, at least publicly, with parts of the ACC and some of that stuff, I, I think it's really interesting that the incidental pressure put on Mike Norvell uh, that's emerged in this process. West Durham, working for ACC Network, will be calling games this season. And uh, I'm wondering, UNC, will their defense be able to get stops, or will Drake May be forced <laughs> to win all these kind of shootouts like Caleb Williams at USC last season? Yeah, the real question nationally is, can Southern Cal and North Carolina tackle? Right? Can they put people <laughs> on the ground? Um, I, um, I, am, uh, I think Carolina will be good offensively if Tez Walker is ruled eligible. I think they'll be electric on offense. Uh, knowing a little bit about what Chip Lindsey likes to do, I think it's going to be interesting to see how the tight ends, who are all very talented, three of them, emerge in this process. Uh, also, don't forget, Carolina's got four running backs. So Drake May's best friend sometimes on third and two might not be throwing it down the field vertically. It might be handing the ball to George Petway, Amarian Hampton, Caleb Hood, or British Brooks. And I didn't even mention Elijah Green, did I? Yeah. I mean, think about it. They got five guys they could hand the football to. Um, you know, hell, if, if that's the way we're thinking, they might want to go wishbone a couple snaps. I mean, <laughs> you know, there, there's all sorts of different variations that Carolina could be offensively. But here's the one precursor to some of this. Josh Downs was a guy and a half on every snap. Josh Downs was a guy that cleared the field for everybody else. Who's going to be that guy that clears the field for Carolina this year? And I, I think that's a really big question going in their first game in Charlotte. Wes, great stuff, man. Really appreciate you taking the time to join the show today. Adam, take care. Have a great weekend. Enjoy your last weekend off, man. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. You're listening okay. to AWOD Radio. Later. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Spend your afternoons with Adam Epstein, AWOD Radio, every weekday at noon on Sports Radio 910 The Fan at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Got the Zach Attack producing the show. Happy Friday, Zach. Cheers. Yep. Got any weekend plans? I know we're both going to try to get out to the Canal Club to see Weathers. Dude, are they the best or what? They were just so cool. It's I feel cool like we, we met a young Green Day. <laughs> well, that was one of Cameron's major influences yeah. as a kid. He had the uh, the eyeshadow and he the checkered outfits and black ties and all that stuff. I, I'm, I'm serious. I might start dressing up like that with the... They've got great style. They, I mean, my, I told, they just I, look like rockers. I did. Uh, um, they came on the alt show with me. Yeah. And I was like, you guys are so lean and young and cool looking. I'm trying to remember if I was ever all of those, thing, all of those things at once in I my know. life. The lead singer had a dope shirt that was unbuttoned with like a wife beater underneath or yeah. a white tee. And he, he just looked like he's just swimming in it. Yeah. <laughs> just, I mean, <laughs> like my, he's got game. He's got so much game. Yeah. 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 So did, so did, uh, I mean, all three of them really yeah. looked like and they you can even meet the, the drummer Christian and he's awesome too. Yeah. Yeah. I know. They so. all have great style, but you'd expect that from LA kids. You know? Yeah. No, you're right about that. But how cool is it to bring back old school radio 
and, and to get a band to come in here yeah. and perform live. Who cares that it's sports radio? It's just, there's something about live radio that is awesome, where it's anything can happen. And it's cool to have young artists like that yeah. who have a big hit, who could be complacent, but they get it and they give back to radio. So it's exciting when that happens. Yeah. And they definitely they definitely showed the love. I mean, we got them to perform two songs, and it sounded like we were in a full professional studio in L.A., in Hollywood. It was just awesome, man. If I get if the Squirrels game wraps up early tonight, because I'm producing that, yeah. um, I will definitely get down to Canal Club and check that out. Well, hit but me up if you're you gonna go. You're going to go in plus one on the band guest list tonight. Yeah, because DJ Dukesta wants to come. <laughs> DJ Dukesta, yeah. He, he was texting me during that, during that segment, and he was uh-huh. like, oh, he was losing his mind. They're good, dude. Yeah, they're really good. Um, but I did want to get to my non-sports story of the day, and we'd love to do the bit here on AWOD Radio. Are you all the way in, or are you all the way out? Oof. And there we have the ding and the dong, right? <clears throat> I am, as of August 24th, 2023, I am out on Dick's Sporting Goods. What? I'm out. <laughs> For 15 years, Dick's Sporting Goods was my favorite department store. Are they a sponsor? No, and and you know what? They never will be because I don't support a product that I don't like. All right? All right? I love Luster by Adolf. I love Kitchen 33. I, I love Cap Ale. I oh. won't support your BS. And that's what Dick's was last night. Oh, no. I'm out on Dick's Sporting Goods. So let me give you a little history here. Growing up, my first favorite department store was Toys R Us. I was obsessed with Toys R Us as a kid. My grandfather, Papa Norman, RIP, lost him had this great bit where he would come like once a year and he would bring us to Toys R Us and he would grab a cart and he would say, fill it up. Unlimited. Seriously? Unlimited. It was Christmas in June when Papa Norman came to visit. <laughs> and I loved it. We'd go down every aisle. And, you know, I was always into math, so I like to tell him. I would be like, hey, Papa Norman, is this too expensive? Can I still get this? It's going to go over my budget. And he would say, no, unlimited. Fill like, the cart. Fill the cart. And it was the greatest trip ever, and I'd get, you know, my mom would throw a couple books in there, but I'd fill it with video games and toys and movies and DVDs. They had books at Toys R Us? Oh, yeah. Of course they do. They had everything. They had everything under the sun at Toys R Us. And you know what? Corporate America took my baby away. Toys R Us got screwed, went bankrupt, and I had to find a new department store, right? I had to find a new store where I felt like I was at home. And that became... GameStop, right? Because I st- after Toys R Us, I was around the age where I was all into video games. Mm-hmm. I was a gamer. I was a sports nerd. So I was playing FIFA, Madden, 2K every single year. And I felt like a kid in a candy shop when I went to GameStop. I'd sit there on the little display games and play whatever the hell they had there. And then I'd look at all the games and I'd go through all the systems. You know, ooh, what do they have on PlayStation 1? What do they have on GameCube? I didn't even have a Sega Genesis, but I wanted to keep up what was hot on Sega Genesis. Did you ever get Genesis. to fill up the cart at GameStop? No, no, never did. That was Imagine only that. a Toys R Us bit. You fit a lot in a cart. Oh, believe me, I know. You know how many... American Girl dolls and Barbies. My sister got at Toys R Us. You should have seen. My cart was the most manly kid cart ever. My sister's cart was all pink. It was all pink. And she probably loved the Barbie movie. But then, of course, GameStop wasn't as cool when everyone's buying games online. Ruined that store. And that became the point where I became obsessed with dicks. Because... I was in high school, I was playing basketball, soccer, tennis, backyard football, anything that was a competition, I was in. 
And I, of course, had to buy new socks, new shoes. You needed to be outfitted. I, I loved, loved in high school to buy under armor. And, and I'm talking about, like, the tight under armor that, like, wraps <laughs> your body and shows off every jelly roll that you have. All right? And uh, that was my favorite thing was to shop under armor at Dick's. And, you know, you could get a new basketball there. I actually vividly remember after my bar mitzvah, went with my, my bar mitzvah money with my dad. We bought a new basketball hoop at Dick's. Sweet. It's like one of the best purchases I got. Great smell, too, when you oh walk in. And it was, a, it was a glass backboard. We bought a chain net. I mean, I was chingy out there with my chain net playing backyard <laughs> basketball. It was so awesome. Uh, so I went to Dick's yesterday. And it's been a long time since I went to Dick's. You know, everyone shops online now. But I needed new pickleball gear. Right. Oh God. I, I needed some new shorts and a, a couple of nice shirts <laughs> and maybe some new socks. And so I go to Dick's and it sucks now. It just sucks. It's and if you've been there, you know it sucks and it's not the way it used to be. Mm. Everything, everything is overpriced. It is impossible to find something cheaper than thirty-five dollars. Thirty-five dollars. The material is overrated. You know what the worst part was? And, I, and there's an article. If you look it up, Dick's had, like, a terrible first quarter. They're mm. worse than 15 years. I know why. Because it sucks. And mm. here's why it sucks. Because they must have had to cut staff. And so you can't find help. I'm waiting outside the fitting room for 15 minutes to try on a damn pair of shorts. I'm waiting out there. Hello. Hello. I'm trying to get pickleball socks. Yes. Every single time I'd ever gone to Dick's, they had an unbelievable clearance rack for like $10 or $15. I asked them, where's the clearance rack? They said, oh, we already shipped out that old clothes. It's in Chesterfield now. I don't want to go to Chesterfield to find a clearance rack. They cut staff. I had to wait to get help. And then I'm ready to get my uh, to make my purchase. Oh, the line was 15 minutes because they only had one guy working the cashier system. Everyone else is walking around doing nothing. You know, this one guy, is he's literally, he's working on his golf swing instead of helping customers. He's on the sim. Dick's has lost its fastball. It's just a store now that is filled with expensive things. That's what they're good at. When you walk in, they've got everything on display. It makes you look like you want to purchase everything, and then nothing's cheap. It's all overpriced, and that's what it is. It's, that's why they're screwing up right now. Because everyone wants to shop online. They filled their store with clothes and, and items, sporting goods, that nobody wants. You know what? I wanted to get sunglasses, too. I was like, you know what? These are a cheap pair. For pickleball. Yeah, for pickleball. I'm playing in the sun. I was looking at hats, too. I found this nice pair of sunglasses. I'm thinking, these are cheap. They're, I mean, they're going to bend and break. $38. $38. I'm so out on Dick's sporting goods. I'm, I will never go back to Dick's in person again. If I want the dicks, I'll go online for dicks. All right? Believe me. I will go online for that good dick sporting goods product, but I'm not going to visit the store ever again. If you feel the same way, phone lines are open. 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Are you ready to join the AWOD Army? Tune in to the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM every day from noon to 3 on AWOD Radio. Welcome back. 
I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Still on the air. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Uh, so we had a lot of fun there, kind of talking about Dick's Sporting Goods last segment. Zach. Oh, yeah, that's what it was about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't anything else, no. Uh, but I was at ACC kickoff, um, of course, presented by Cowan Gates, talking Virginia Tech and UVA. And joining us right now, one of our new buddies that I met down in Charlotte, North Carolina. He covers Duke, UNC, and NC State for the Fayetteville Observer. It's Rod Baxley. What's going on, Rod? What's happening, man? How are you Long doing, bro? No I know, right? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready to get these games started. I think we're tired of preseason practice and storylines. Let's see what uh, these guys can do on the field. So we just had West Durham on the show earlier today, and with UNC, he was wondering if these guys are going to be able to tackle this season. I mean, you've got an unbelievable quarterback and a lot of weapons on offense, but how's the defense yeah. shaking out right now? Yeah, that's been the big storyline throughout the offseason, right? I mean, every time we've talked to Gene Chizik, defensive coordinator or head coach Mac Brown, they keep talking about how they have had to hear this since the end of last season, how bad they were defensively. And you can you can feel that edge when they're talking about it. So they hit the transfer portal, added some guys in the secondary. I think Elijah Puzzy's going to be a name to watch as far as boosting that pass defense. But, I mean, when you're finishing nationally in the hundreds in several defensive categories, I think the only way up is – I mean, the only way you can go is up, man. So, <laughs> uh, I think they're going to be better. How much better? I don't know. We'll have to see because there are a lot of new pieces there and, and some guys that are going to need to step up on the uh, front seven. But it'll be hard for them to be worse than they were at times last year. So, I guess that's the one positive for them. Rod, if you were doing a preseason power ranking right now for the ACC, would you have UNC third, fourth, maybe into the top two? Where would you have them? I had them third at ACC kickoff. But the more I look at NC State, the more I think, you know what, I think they might be a safer choice because of their defense and because of the history with uh, Brennan Armstrong and offensive coordinator Robert and I. Now, we don't know what those two are going to do in their first year at State, but I feel like State has a chance to be a lot better this year because they're kind of flying under the radar. Uh, but originally I had Carolina three and State four. So uh, we'll see um, once they hit the field. But I think it's a toss-up with those teams. Yeah, no, it's a great point. I mean, I covered Brennan Armstrong last season at UVA, and I, I just couldn't quite figure out what went wrong from the previous mm-hmm. season where he's thrown for 400 yards a game. And, you know, yeah. part of me thinks – you kind of have to blame Tony Elliott. Something went yeah. terribly wrong last season. Now he goes to NC State, teams up with his old offensive coordinator, and, and yeah. you're right. They, they should be in line to have success. What did you notice from Brennan Armstrong last year that just went so wrong? I mean, he had that one game where he had back-to-back pick sixes. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that, that stood out, and, and this kind of relates to State, too, because of their offense last year, I think there was just a lack of creativity there. I mean, when you have a guy with his ability as far as being able to run and being a passer, you got to let those guys cook, man. Like, let them do what they're good at. Um, and it just felt like it was stagnant and, and robotic at times. So I'm excited to see uh, what that will look like this year at State. I'm sure he's had to hear about those stats from last year and, and watch that film. And I, I think he'll be in line for a great year uh, reuniting with an eye. 
It's Rod Baxley here with us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Follow him on social media. Rod Baxley covering Duke, UNC, and NC State for the Fayetteville Observer. Also doing some work for USA Today Sports. So were you covering UNC when slinging Sammy Howell was QB1? I was not. See, we had the great Sammy Bat and the legend around these parts. We call him the king of uh, college football in North Carolina. So he was our college football guy when Sam Howe was around. He was, he's was he been our college football guy the last 40 years. Uh, so I'm just stepping into it now, man. I would pick up spot duty uh, at certain games. But, but he was here when Sam Howe uh, was slinging that uh, peel for the uh, Tar Heels. Well, from what you were were able to see, I mean, what were your thoughts on Sam Howe? Are you kind of surprised that the, the national media is all of a sudden obsessed with him after just one half of preseason football against the Ravens? I'm not. I really liked him coming out of college, man. I mean, as a, as a Carolina Panthers fan, I was kind of hoping they would find a way to get him in Charlotte. And, and maybe, you know, we don't have the kind of years we've had of late. But I always loved his presence and his ability to make plays. He can make all the throws. I think the commanders are, are going to have a quarterback that can stick around for a while. And hopefully he'll be able to connect on the deep ball with De'Ami Brown, who had a ton yep. of success throughout his time at North Carolina. Definitely. Always known as a vertical threat. Um, if you got him in a one-on-one situation, uh, Sam was not afraid to throw it up because more times than not, uh, De'Ami was going to come down with it. So, Rod, we just did our NFL season preview for the Carolina Panthers today. Funny you mentioned that on NFL hits. And my prediction was 7-10. and uh, But more importantly, I did predict, I don't think Bryce Young is going to last the entire season. What do you think of Bryce Young? Will the Panthers' offensive line be able to keep him healthy? Yeah, I mean, they haven't shown an ability to do that, right, in the preseason. I know it's the preseason, but, man, you don't want your guy to go out there and take hits like he's taken. A uh, seven and ten sounds right. Looking at the schedule, you could see eight wins, nine wins. I could probably win the NFC South. But yeah, durability size, that that's the big question with Bryce, right? So when you have two hundred twenty five dudes coming at you in the NFL that are just all muscle and, and a guy like that who's not gonna be able to see him coming from every angle. Uh, it makes you question whether or not he's going to be able to last the whole season. I'm hopeful uh, that the quick passing game can, you know, alleviate some of those problems with the offensive line, but you just don't know until a guy gets out there and you can see what he's capable of. It's Rod Baxley with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, one of our new buddies here at AWOD Radio uh, from my time at ACC Kickoff. And, you know, what was funny about ACC Kickoff was the ACC was really proud to announce the CW. And to me, that was a nothing burger. What do you think happens yeah. with the ACC here with conference realignment? Man, I'm honestly just tired of hearing about it. Um, I, I don't really want to see Stanford and Cal come over here. <laughs> uh, but it makes you long for the old days when you had Maryland and uh, what it would be like to have Maryland back, especially for basketball. Right. Uh, but I'm just, I think that's another reason why I'm just ready to get to these games uh, because realignment, I mean, you see something new every day. Yeah. Um, but frankly, I'm just tired of hearing about all these schools and all the money and TV money. I, and I just want to see the players and, and the stuff we love about college football. And I feel like, oh, this has just been a dark cloud over the game we love. Rod, if you had the choice, how many teams would be in your college football playoff? How many teams? 
That's tough. I mean, I think we've seen that four is good, but you have more intrigue when you have more teams. So I think eight would probably be a solid number. Um, just an elite eight of teams. Twelve just seems like a bit much for me. Um, but I mean, when you're talking about intrigue and seeding and and matchups, I mean, the more teams you have, the more exciting it'll be. But I just think there's a big gap from who that number one team would be and and who that team sneaking into the playoff would be. Rod, great stuff, man. Really appreciate you joining the show, covering Duke, UNC, and NC State for the Fayetteville Observer. Read his work online, fayoobserver.com. And it says you're the Waffle House of sports writing. I love that. What does that mean? <laughs> one of my buddies said that, man, uh, a few years ago, and I was like, I'm, I'm going to have to put that one in my Twitter bio because I'm a, I'm a big Waffle House guy. <laughs> uh, but I just I look at it as a comfort thing, you know. It's, you're always going to have a Waffle House. It's going to do your best. They're going to do your, their best to uh, leave you satisfied with a good meal, and, and I hope I can do that with, with my reporting and, and telling other people's stories. That's always the goal, man, making them feel like they're at home. I love it, man. Good stuff, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate it, Adam. Thanks, yep. man. Yep, talk to you again soon. That's Rod Baxley. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for the Washington Commanders. Every game can be heard right here at Odyssey Richmond on 910 The Fan. Or if the Flying Squirrels are playing, you can hear it on WRVA and the Commanders have their final preseason game on Saturday at 6.05 against the Cincinnati Bengals. And joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, he covers the Commanders, Locked On Commanders. It's David Harrison. What's going on, bud? Hey, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. So what do you think the coaching staff is trying to learn in preseason game number three where your starters won't even put their pads on? Yeah, Coach Rivera, you know, kind of kind of addressed this a little bit on, on Thursday and, and kind of talked specifically about watching two players more so than any. And, you know, obviously he's going to watch everybody that's on the field. A lot of young guys, a lot of unproven talent uh, looking for, you know, to see if they can confirm some things but also learn some things they still have questions about. Uh, but he mentioned Ricky Stromberg specifically and also defensive back Quan Alexander or Quan Alexander, Quan Martin. Um, but – Quan Martin really is kind of, I mean, it's like a rubber match for him, right? So the first game against the Cleveland Browns kind of didn't go so well, drew some penalties, kind of had some coverage issues, but was actually fairly strong tackling. He had four tackles in that game, uh, and a couple of those actually led to stops where the Cleveland Browns either had to punt the ball away or end a drive uh, in one way or another. But then you go to Baltimore, and his coverage game is, is a little bit better. Obviously, he comes up with a big interception and return. That really helps out uh, the Washington offense. But then tackling-wise, he actually had a missed tackle, so a little bit of roughness, or, you know, rough edges there. You know, for a rookie defensive back, I mean, outside of maybe left tackle and quarterback, I think defensive back is one of the hardest positions uh, to, to adapt to the NFL in. So you have to kind of expect a little bit of a learning curve, especially from a day two pick. But I think they're looking for Quan Martin to kind of put those two together, be strong uh, and solid in, in pass defense, but be strong and solid in run support. And then for Ricky Stromberg, you know, 18 snaps at center in his first game, got many more snaps in the second game. But he got actually more snaps at guard in the second game than he got at center in the first game. Guys, they kind of cross-trained him for both positions. So they want to see enough out of him to get more confidence. Not that they're not confident already, but just gain a little bit more confidence in his ability to fill both spots because 
cutdown day is coming, and the more players you have that can play more positions, the more flexibility you have in those cuts. David Harrison with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. And Ron Rivera did provide an update on defensive end Chase Young, who has been out since a stinger against the Browns in preseason game number one. He said, quote, it was good to see Chase Young out on the field. We did some work. We let everybody know that we are keeping our heads out of contact so he can get some work and continue with his rehab. We are just waiting on his final exam to get him back out on the field. Do you think this is something that might linger in towards the season here, or are we going to see Chase Young in 100% week one? You know, I don't I don't think it's a huge, huge concern because if it was, you know, even even with the stipulation of, hey, like everybody knows we're not contacting heads, we're not going up next because that's where, uh, you know, some of the some of the damage occurred. Uh, if it was a real concern, I think you still, you continue to hold it. I don't expect him to play uh, Saturday night. I don't expect, you know, if any of the defensive starters, certainly not most of them are, are not going to play, obviously. Uh, so you don't have this big need to get him ready for this game. So the fact that you have him, out there on the practice field, even doing team drill in unpadded, you know, no contact uh, type of situations, still to me is a sign of at least a little bit of confidence that this is not going to be a lingering issue. Um, we'll see, you know, we got practice uh, on Friday, joint base Andrews, so we'll see if he's there for that or if he's doing his doctor's appointment during that time period. But, you know, with, with the time frame, and this is really kind of the benefit of not having that fourth preseason game, right? Now they have this opportunity to kind of ramp things down a little bit physically, but up a little bit more mentally in the preparation for the Arizona Cardinals. And that should give Chase Young enough room uh, to, to go ahead and mend up enough to be able to play. Whether or not he's 100%, I don't know if any NFL player would truly say they're 100% from this point forward for the entire season. But I think he'll be, I'm, I'm fairly certain he'll be healthy enough that he can play against Arizona if they need him. David Harrison with us here on the Hadid Mercer Road Cleaning Hotline. He is a Commanders reporter and the host of Locked On Commanders the podcast follow him on social media d harrison 82 so you also cover the bucks and and, you know i know you're uh very knowledgeable around the nfl so let's talk about the arizona cardinals for a second i mean it to me it feels like a, a team that is going to really struggle this season with their first year head coach and they're going to struggle at the quarterback position i don't know that they have enough playmakers on the outside and i don't know much about their defense as well you know what's your season preview for the cardinals right now david uh, I think if you're a Cardinals fan, you just you got to look forward to April. You know what I mean? And, and whatever pieces you have for the long term. I mean, obviously, Isaiah Simmons is no longer uh, one of those t- pieces for their long-term future. And, uh, you know, whether they have any confidence in the quarterback position, bringing in another quarterback right before the season starts is another kind of curious move that, that maybe says something about your quarterback room. Granted, you know, it's, it's a late-round pick that they spent, so, you know, not a whole lot of capital invested there. But I think if you're the Arizona Cardinals, you're the Arizona Cardinals, you know, fan base. This is – this is a project moving forward. This is not, you know, necessarily a win now situation. Obviously, you know, inside the building as coaches, like they've got to motivate their guys because you can't ask these guys to go through, uh, you know, a car wreck or two's worth of, of impact on a weekly basis for nothing. So they've got to try to find ways to motivate this squad, which also almost makes them a little bit more dangerous because honestly you go into a game like Arizona Cardinals visiting the Washington Commanders for as much as the national media likes to doubt the Commanders and what they're doing, Let's be honest, like, I don't know if anybody's going to pick the Cardinals to win that game, which we've seen this time and time again called the trap game. Week one is a little bit weird to call it a trap game, but, you know, it, the Arizona Cardinals almost have nothing to lose, which makes them maybe the most dangerous opponent you have on your schedule in a weird way. Uh, but, you know, I think everybody around here probably feels the same. The team won't vocalize it, you know what I mean? But I think everybody else outside the team will vocalize that you have to you have to start the season 1-0. Like, you can't lose – 
that game, any any goodwill and and, and emotional uh, clout you've built uh, from you know from midsummer on is just going to go away in the snap of a finger if you lose the Arizona Cardinals. David, great stuff, man. I appreciate you taking the time to join the show. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Grant and Danny are up next. They'll be live and local until 6.30 p.m. here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, and available around the country on the Odyssey app. So uh, I saw an interesting article on Sports Illustrated that says that Commander's Eric Bieniemy is acting like the Chiefs' Andy Reid. It's written by Tim Kelly, and he says specifically – he feels like this camp reminds him of 1999, the way Andy Reid ran the Eagles training camp in his first season leading an NFL team. And so Eric Bieniemy, we know he's demanding perfection, right? And, and we know he's kind of like barking around at players. And, and I think it's the attention to detail that's so important this season for Washington offensively. When you have a rookie quarterback – you can't have any mistakes. You can't have guys lined up off sides. You know, you can't have uh, the play call come in too late, and then all of a sudden it's a delay of game pe- delay of game penalty. You can't have holding penalties. You have to play a really solid game, and you have to run the game plan to perfection with a rookie quarterback. And so I think that's what Eric Bieniemy is trying to do. He's trying to get these guys to understand that every single little detail matters. The way you the way you line up, the way you run your route, the timing, the way you quarterback is able to get the ball out of his hand and so he has protection and time to find the open receiver all these little things are going to be something that Eric Bieniemy is keeping an eye on throughout the rest of training camp and he'll be watching in the regular season I'm Adam Epstein you've been listening to AWOD radio hope everybody has a great weekend and I'll see you back here on Monday at 12 noon live from Capitol Ale House here in Innsbruck that's AWOD radio Monday from 12 to 3 p.m. it's Grant and Danny Coming up next from Washington, D.C. Have a great weekend, everybody.